They keep telling us that she needs to go to see a uh, orthodontist now. That yeah. there's, I guess, there's ways now that they do the braces in stages. Yeah. As as she grows, so that um, she won't have to go through what I went through when I had braces of two years of that, like where they they cut the wire and they shorten it mm-hmm. and then they they screw it back into the thing and it like your mouth hurts for weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but she keeps saying, you know, they have these Invisaligns and I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't know if they there's, do them for a 10 year old. Yeah. Well, they're, they're still a pain in the ass. Yeah. You, you have to take them out if you eat or drink anything other than water. Okay. But they're not, I haven't had any pain yet. This is day three. Okay. And I've had them in like 20, one hours a day since. Dance, monkey, dance. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing just great. Getting my turkey ready. Yeah. Waiting for the big holiday to start. Did, did you catch the turkey yourself? Pluck the feathers? I didn't. No. I didn't. No. God, no. That's too much work. <laughs> there are people who do that. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take away their jobs, so <laughs> we'll just let them do it. But I mean, their their bosses are are betting on how many of them are going to get COVID. Well, you know, welcome to white America. <laughs> yeah, the shithole of the world. Yeah, yeah. We're we're one day closer to new management and the big white. We house. hope. We hope. There, okay. There, there's no chance in hell that he retains this. No, but there is a chance in hell he refuses to leave. Well, then they drag him out. And I got to believe only hope they do. somebody's going to talk to him about legacy. And you don't want your legacy to be kicking and screaming, being dragged off in handcuffs. But that is his legacy. I, it's, I already com- it's already done. It's already done. <laughs> He's not going to redeem himself in 45 days. No. No, and all, and all this bullshit of... Like he's skipping out on the G20 summit to go play mm-hmm. golf and all this other bullshit with the, the melting lawyers and the, all the other bullshit <laughs> that's going on these days. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem is that, that half of the country still believes that he was robbed. Well, that's because they're idiots. <laughs> well, True. It really is. I mean, when the goddamn Senate is sent home for vacation rather than working on a relief bill for the millions of people out of work, yep. something should be done, and it it's not going to be done peacefully. Well, and the fact that, that Biden now has to fundraise 
for the transition. Yeah. Should be, should force somebody somewhere to have to, to leap into action and be like, look, most of the States have already certified their results. You're not winning. You've lost 33 out of 35 um, cases. And most of those mm-hmm. you pulled out of anyway, like, right. You just got to let it go. Stop yeah, coming but up see, the people con- to tell him that aren't going to tell him that. Oh. You can't make daddy mad. Well, now that Don Jr. is, you know, got COVID, I guess we're going to see whether or not cocaine has any effect on COVID. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, is it really going to take several of those people to die before he wakes up? Because of- his boyfriend, Rick Scott, has it now. Well, yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, I hope Rick Scott's been been French kissing Ron DeSantis <laughs> And, you know, they can get a two-for-one deal, get a double wide at the hospital. <laughs> but they don't give a shit about anyone but themselves. No, and and the only thing that would make it in his in Trump's mind that it's serious is if somebody he in his direct family dies from it. Not get sick, not any of that bullshit, but dies. And since... But who is important to him? It's not his wife. It's not his kids. Mm, no. I don't think anyone other than himself. And even then he will, he will fight it till the end saying it's not true. <laughs> I have, I have taken to, I feel fine. I'm fine. No, <laughs> it's a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> I have taken to actually going to his Twitter account because I think it's funny to see him flail from tweet to tweet. Mm-hmm that, you know, I'm going to have to burn my browser history because I don't want anybody to think that I'm going there for any kind of guidance because I'm not. (laughs) But it is funny to watch him flail from conspiracy theory to conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. The, oh, it's, it's communist money from a dead guy in Venezuela. Yes, yes. But, okay, so if the election is rigged by the software, why are you... Why are you putting out a conspiracy theory that the Demo- the the Democrats aren't allowing the Republicans to watch the vote count? If it's right. all if it's already rigged, what does that matter? And if it's already rigged, why did the Democrats leave Mitch McConnell in power? Well, that's just it. It's like, okay, so if they want to overturn everything, then you overturn every Republican senator who got voted back in. Right. Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, all of those assholes. Yep. The conspiracy theories see, don't you add said up. It's fake. It's fake. Fake news. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You're out of work. I actually, right before, right before um, I called you, there's a, there's a website, uh, there's a YouTube channel called um, Holy Kool-Aid. And it's a, it's a guy that basically debunks religious things. Okay. And he put up a video called Evangelicals Freak Out, and it's all about the Trump election loss. And you should see these people that are like, I am a prophet for God, and God has said Trump is going to turn this country around in his second term and do everything that God wants. And then they show them after the election, and they're all like, this is not right. It's going to get overturned. God has told me. And it's like, why are you putting all your ba- eggs in the basket of Donald Trump? 
Mm-hmm. In the basket of deplorables. Yeah. Like, like how is God working through a dude that cheats on his wife with porn stars while they're pregnant has had multiple kids from multiple marriages. How is that the religious morals that you're basing your foundation of religion on? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand why there's this whole like, Oh, Trump is the second coming thing. I really don't. Well, I mean, look at Franklin Graham. How that he's, you know, he's a man of God. He's, he's founder of Liberty university and he's having his, he's watching his wife have sex with the pool boy. (laughs) And then he was going to sue Liberty university for dumping him off the board. It's like, dude, just go away. Are you that stupid? Yeah. And I guess we're all All trying to stay relevant. (sighs) Yeah. Well, Proving you're an asshole is not the relevancy you need to be. No. No, and now that Chris Christie is even turned on you, like come on. exactly the guy who is coaching you through the damn um, debates, yeah, is now against you. Yeah, your your best friend who you've kicked and and hit with a newspaper on the nose has decided that now is the time to fucking turn your back. You should probably mm-hmm. take the hint. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. There's a meme going around of presidents and their dogs. I saw that. Did you see that? And then there's there's Trump with Lindsey Graham, and it looks like he's like scratching him behind the ears. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to put that up on the local Facebook page, but I thought it wouldn't go over well. Do his people like have some way of preventing them from finding these things who Trump Trump or Lindsey Graham Trump Lindsey Graham any of them no because apparently Trump has said in front of Lindsey Graham that he doesn't understand why Lindsey Graham is so so faithful to him (laughs) so I mean Uh. if you if there's a person think about it when we work together if there uh-huh. was a person that we could abuse and have fun with it and they didn't seem to mind, would we have kept that person around? Well, you know, the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. So, so I mean, that's, that's, that's the same thing. The only pro the, the difference between us and Trump is that we have grown as people. And mm-hmm. now we see that like that kind of behavior is wrong, but he doesn't, he just thinks he's got all his power and all his glory and whatever. And he thinks that it's fucking fine to be that way. Right. And it's not. So yeah, but you know, hopefully Lindsey Graham's going to jail soon too. Now we'll see. Oh, we, you know, we, we can see, I saw a, um, an article where they're talking about why Biden is not crying, lock them up for all these people because he wants to make sure that he doesn't incite his followers any more than they already are. Right. It's like, no, you need to put Hillary in as attorney general (laughs) and you need to let her lock him up. 
You need her standing there at the front door or probably the back door of the basement when Trump is trying to leave <laughs> with the paddy wagon. And just, you know, it's it's like all those old movies where you see like the police raid a, a prohibition bar. Right. And, you know, they're loading all these people into the paddy wagon. That's what it needs to be. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be amazing if, if he appoints her. Uh-huh. Oh, God, that'd be that'd be funny. Yep. Here, this is called karma. Exactly. Lock him up. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to be welcome back in New York. No. And there was an article about how, you know, Jared and Ivanka were the, you know, the toast of New York society and how they're no longer welcome there. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, this could be a real life Shit's Creek. Yeah, yeah there where you go. Trump is Trump is forced to live in, in the Trump Hotel in some shit part of town with all of his assets seized. There you go. I I think that would be grace. He has to live in the letter T from one of the Trump Towers that they've thrown away. <laughs> yes. Uh, good times. Yeah. And speaking of shitty ass people. Oh God! Now what? I don't know if you saw this. It it's kind of related to the whole Trump mm -hmm. thing, but the this fucking asshole, um, the the kid that killed the people in Kenosha, yes, getting bailed out of jail by Ricky Schroeder. Well, Ricky Schroeder didn't put all of it up. The My Pillow guy did too. Well, yeah, but but the you wouldn't yes. know the My Pillow guy if you fell over him. No, but well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, would you would you recognize Ricky Schroeder at this point? I don't know. I I don't know. But the the fact that anybody is okay with this kid crossing state lines with a rifle, killing two people, killing two people. And laughing about it. Mm-hmm. And then not understanding why he's going to jail. That dude needs to kid, go Chris. away for fucking he's just a kid. Well. Just a kid. That's all there, Chris. You were young once, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's just a kid. We all make mistakes. I didn't shoot people at a Black Lives Matter rally. Well, you didn't have Black Lives Matter rallies back then. Well, that was the old days. <laughs> I, I Those were the good old days, Chris. I, you know, I wouldn't have carried an AR-15 over state lines for really know, whatever. Really? If it was a cause you believed in? <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. No. I just think that it's fucking deplorable that fucking Ricky Schroeder has decided that this kid needs to to be set free. So, so Ricky Schroeder's tweet six hours ago was a picture of him with this, this asshole Kyle and his mother, Wendy. And it mm -hmm. says morning, morning from Kyle and his mom, Wendy in America. We are all innocent until a jury of our peers decides guilt or innocence, not the mob or press. When the facts are known, many of you will owe this young man an apology Move to parlor, everyone. Leave Twitter. Jack Dorsey sucks. But you're using Twitter 
to get your agenda across. Mm-hmm. So just disappear in the parlor, you right wing fucking has been. No, yeah. didn't this kid turn himself in to the police? He did. For shooting two people? Yep. So what jury needs to decide guilty? Why does he have bail? Why does he have bail? Yeah. He he murdered two people in cold blood. He should not have had bail. Yeah. So so one of the first replies is I suppose all the videos of this kid actually shooting three unarmed protesters and murdering two of those were fake? Yeah. Well, it looks like nobody's supporting him, so. Supporting who? Ricky uh, Schroeder? Ricky Schroeder. Oh, good. It looks like a lot of people are just telling him to fuck off. Poor kid. Little Ricky. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> so fuck him. So well, you'll be you'll be sad to know that I just did a search of uh, Twitter, and um, I could not find any tweets from Aaron Gray or Joel Higgins. <laughs> oh, very sad that they're not standing up. They should get on Twitter just because of that. Yeah. Well. Uh, all these well, people just that need to be... silver spoons money goes to your head. Yeah. Just because he played a cop on TV doesn't make him a fucking cop in real life. Mm, yeah. Well, maybe they'll they'll refresh his uh his um career. He can do a series with with uh Scott Bale. <laughs> they could do another one of those lame um, reality shows, you know, like what was it? Scott Bale gets married. Oh, was that an actual thing? Was that one of those like VH1 there were two. shows? There were two. And there was, there was originally a VH1 show that was about has been teen idols. Oh, okay. That Scott Bale was like the star of, and then he got a spinoff. Well, oh, actually I think it was two spinoffs. I thought there was also Scott Bale has a baby. What was the VH1 show where they took all the has-beens and put them in the house together? Uh, the something life. The, the real life? Uh, the surreal life. Surreal life, that's what it was. Yeah. I'm surprised that, that you know these two didn't end up on that forever to disappear. Well, they probably weren't big enough stars. I mean, really, Ricky Schroeder and Vern Troyer, which one are you going to pick? <laughs> you know, I know who I'd pick. We can either have Corey Feldman or Ricky Schroeder. Who do we mm, go for? Yeah. I'm just looking down the list of actual people that were on that just to make sure that they weren't. Uh, Tammy Faye Baker. Eric Estrada. Uh, Eric Estrada. Uh, 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 what's her name? Brigitte Nielsen. There was an, ep there's, there's an epic shit ton of people that were on this show. So yeah. Didn't, didn't, um, the porcupine win one year? The porcupine. The porn guy. What's his name? Oh, Ron Jeremy. 
Yes. Oh, uh, maybe. Oh, no. Maybe he lost. I don't know. It was a long time ago. It was 2003 yeah. or something. Yeah. China was on it before she overdosed. Yeah. Vince Neil before he ate himself. <laughs> Brigitte Nielsen and Flavor Flav. That's where they actually Flavor like Flav. hooked up. Uh-huh. And then they got their own series. Yep. Sher- Sherman Helmsley was on it, apparently. Okay. So, okay. I, I don't recall that, but, you know. Wheezy, we all got to work. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I hope Ricky Schroeder's career just, you know, tanks even harder than it already has. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's bagging groceries at the fucking local supermarket. You mean like the guy from Cosby? Yeah. Yep. But he's getting his second win now, apparently. Well, yeah, and I don't think that many people would turn against him. Who, Ricky Schroeder? Now, who is... No, the kid from Cosby. Oh. (laughs) Jeffrey Owens? Is that his name? Something like that. Oh, hopefully America gets better. Hopefully this is the end of the bullshit. We'll see. Uh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> Merry Christmas. I can't wait to see the White House Christmas decorations. <laughs> I bet they're going to be pretty. They're not doing jack shit. They're not going to, they're not going to, like, with all the shit that Trump isn't doing right now, the last thing he's going to do is decorate the White House for Christmas. You think? Yeah. You think they're just going to go room to room and shit on everything? I hope somebody is t- keeping tabs of all the shit that they destroy and yeah, like then turn around and I be just, like, all right, here's your bill for all the, the, the golf outings as well. They should. And all your hotel stays yep. and yeah, but you know, he's not collecting a paycheck, Chris. He's been very generous. Okay, so I read something about this. Every president who's ever held the office in recent times has given their paychecks away. Yeah. It's just something that you do as president. So he's not doing anything special. Oh. So I thought he was. No. Oh. No. Fuck him. Damn it. I just can't wait for his portrait unveiling once the new president's in place. <laughs> I mean, you think it's going to be above a urinal in like the 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 lot the landscaper shed? Well, didn't didn't he move like the Democratic presidents? Yep. To to like a basement hallway. Yeah. To so I and hope... they refused. I think he refused to unveil Obama. The Obamas. I think they should do a. You know, a good old-fashioned 4th of July bonfire. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what they start the fire with. There you go. And, you know, I think when they do Melania's portrait, I think it should be the one of her on the wing of the private jet in the bikini holding the (laughs) AR-47. Because that's my favorite shot of her. Yeah. One of her nude pictures that you can buy online. You know, something. Something classy. Yeah. Hmm. God bless America. I'm so proud to live in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, all right. So enough of this shit. Okay. Um. So, being that we talk about stuff that we watch on the show, mm-hmm. I watched something this week that you have told me about repeatedly. Uh huh. So that I should watch, and I actually sat down and watched it. I watched every episode that they have made so far. Okay. Um. In the span of a week, and wow, that okay. is the Orville. Yeah. Um. I've been super hesitant to watch it because I didn't the the one or two episodes that I had watched originally felt too jokey to me. Mm-hmm. That they were they were doing things to be more like Family Guy than to be kind of a Star Trek spoof. Yeah. Um, being that it's all in my memory now, like recently, like the things where when he's meeting his crew, one of the questions is, do we still get to have soda on the bridge? And there's a shot later on of the guy taking it out from under the console and sipping on it and putting it on the thing. Mm -hmm. Or at the end of the first episode where they're in space dock and the guy's cleaning the windows and he's trying to talk to his ex wife and the guy keeps running the thing across the window Mm-hmm. to disrupt them and i was uh, at that point i was like this is going to be way too jokey for me see i was really confused at the beginning and because i thought that was just it you know you've got the the green gelatinous blob mm-hmm. that falls in love with the science officer mm-hmm. <laughs> so i it's like okay so it's a is it parody or is it not and then when the episode started with them on the holodeck and it was a Western. I'm like, did they just decide to cancel the show and they're running how to die in the West? I mean, what is this? Right. So, so there's definitely homages to star Trek. Like you can definitely tell that there was, um, you know, Seth, Seth MacFarlane wanted to do a sci-fi series, but mm-hmm. I felt like he was under pressure to make it funny. Um, and so he surrounds himself with all these people that he's worked with on family guy and American dad. And, um, so as the, as the season, the first season progresses, mm-hmm. they seem to start dropping a lot of the like funny blatant jokes mm-hmm. and leave the humor to in universe humor. Right. And I started to really dig it. And I was like, okay, if this is the way that it's going to go, I think I can actually enjoy this, this, um, this show. Uh huh. And I have to tell you, the last five or six episodes of the second season mm-hmm. could very well be some of the best sci fi that's ever been on television. See? There's, there's, um, there's an episode, there's two episodes. It's a two-parter called identity. And it's the, it's when they go back to their robot crewman's homeworld and it starts. Hello? Are you there? Hello. Hello. Are you there? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. All I heard was it's called identity. Okay. And then silence. Okay. Well, weird hiccup in the matrix, but whatever. 
Um, <laughs> so, so there's an episode called Identity when they go to the homeworld of their robotic crewman. Yes. And it sets off an invasion story of Earth mm-hmm. that everything that has come before pays off to. Mm-hmm. And once that is over, you're like, wow, okay, that was two really solid hours of sci-fi television. And then they do this story where um, the the robotic crewman is still on the ship and he's kind of now working on a time machine thing. Right. And they yeah. they bring the the uh, the first officer from seven years ago to the future. And that sets off the last couple of episodes of this alternate reality story mm-hmm. that is some of the best sci-fi I've seen in a long time. And I was floored that this was the same show that in the first episode, there's like a Kermit the frog joke and you're mm-hmm. like, wow, okay. How far they've come. Right. And I don't know whether or not it was Seth MacFarlane being like, let's just do straight up sci-fi or he was allowing, because I know he wrote a bunch of the episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether or not he wrote, those but um at somewhere along the line they they made the conscious decision to make actual sci-fi and not a parody Mm -hmm. and anybody who is like me that was like well i don't know whether or not i should watch this show try to get through the first three or four episodes and you know it's not like family guy they're an hour long so you know it's not the 22 minutes and you're out thing but if you can get through those four hours of television, it's going to be worth it. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm kind of sad that season three is going to be the last season of it. Yeah. Well, it was again, it, I don't, I don't know if it's good that they're not doing these long runs and becoming, um, stale. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's okay. You've run your course. You're happy with it. Let's move on. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure Seth MacFarlane has a hundred ideas of things that he wants to do. And, you know, he's been able to do a lot of them at Fox. And, but I feel like, it's the Fox curse of, and, and the, the new season isn't even going to be on Fox. I don't think, I think it's just going to be who No, it's isn't. Yeah. You know, it's that Fox thing of like, Hey, here's some decent sci-fi. Let's not renew it. <laughs> it's, it's them and the sci-fi channel have no clue what good sci-fi is. Yeah. So yeah, as I'm, I'm, I'm glad I waited until I could watch them all and kind of binge it mm-hmm. um, because it did allow me to go from episode to episode and be like, wow, okay, that was really cool. Right. Um, I, I think having to sit through a couple of seasons and wait a summer or whatever, I think that would have been harder to keep the enthusiasm. But I do think that, that, um, Seth MacFarlane should be commended for making an actual sci-fi show for sure. Mm. 
Definitely. Um, so identity is how many episodes in? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's the eighth one. It's it's episode eight of season two. Um and then everything that's based off of those two runs to the end of the se- the the season. Mm-hmm. Um and you get an episode 13 is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and that's the the time distortion one and then the road not taken like at the end of the tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow there's there's a thing that happens where you're literally sitting there like well how is that going to play out and then they do the next one and it's an alternate reality and you're like that's how that's going to play out okay hmm. yeah like it became really, really well done as far as like connecting the pieces from from what essentially was a um, an episodic show suddenly turned into a story arc. Um, and it's just it's done very, very well. Yeah. And the visual effects are really good in it, too, mm-hmm. for being a Fox TV show. Yes. Uh, did he direct? No. Uh, but okay, Seth MacFarlane didn't write that one either. Okay, so maybe maybe he did write the more humorous humorous ones, and not. Uh, so like the the identities episodes were actually written by uh Brandon Braga who has done a ton of sci-fi. Okay. Uh, he wrote, um, a bunch of star Trek episodes. He wrote star Trek first contact. Um, he produced the, remember the show flash forward. Yes. He did that. Um, he did Terra Nova and a bunch of those. So he's like, he's a genre guy for sure. But somewhere along that line, Seth said, well, let's try to do some serious, sci-fi and see what happens and mm-hmm. it it totally paid off it paid off definitely so i mean and it's interesting too because it's got it's got a lot of things that star trek always alluded to but we're too afraid to show on screen um, at okay. the risk of, of alienating their audience. Like there's a crew member who is from a all male species. Yes. And he has a male mate and the dude lays an egg and they have a kid, but mm-hmm. there's an entire storyline about how that child was born female right. in a world of male, only male, um, members of the species and there's a there's an episode or season one episode where they talk about whether or not they should reassign the gender of the child Mm -hmm. and like taking things like that and that actually resonates all the way down to one of the final episodes of the season of season two yep Mm -hmm. so it's things like that they're not afraid to to cross that line They're, they're not afraid of like what if a human fell in love with a non human um, um, mm-hmm. like crew member, 
Like how would that all play out? And they're not, they're, they're not afraid to tackle those as, as yeah. sometimes Star Trek won't cross those lines. So it's nice. It's nice to see, um, that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it was very well done. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you liked it. I did. I think that, I think, I think like, um, the Orville and TV shows like the expanse and, um, you know, the Mandalorian and things like that. It, the sci-fi television, when it's taken off a of network TV can be really well done and really insightful as to, um, the the reach and their audience and stuff like that and the stories that they can tell Mm -hmm. as opposed to like hey it's network so you can't say the word shit right you know stupid shit stuff like that a black crew member can't kiss a white crew member right that's edgy (laughs) so speaking of the mandalorian what did you think of this week's episode i really liked it (laughs) it's it's I can't believe there's only four episodes left. I know. What the it's, hell? Yeah. Yeah, it was great that they, you know, he goes back to Navarro and um, runs into, you know, his old pals. Mm-hmm. And they, they get him stuck into a, um, you know, into a, um, a while he's there. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it was great. Now, and it just opens up more and more questions. It's like, okay, so what's up with the Empire now? So my the the breakdowns that I've watched <clears throat> seem to have the idea that what they found in the lab was basically Snoke. You think that? Okay, if you if you look very closely at pictures of Snoke and the pictures of whatever that was in the tube. Uh-huh. You can see similarities in the head shape and the way that like it was deformed in the the Star Wars movies. Yep. And that Snoke is failed clones of Palpatine. And okay. That what the assumption is is that um they were trying to infuse a clone body with the force through baby Yoda's blood. Yes. Um, you know, at we're people are reaching at this point because it is so cryptic and there's some answers, you know, there's the, there's the doctor who's like, you're not going to find anybody with an M count this high, which points to midichlorians. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, um, they're saying, does that tie in with the end shot where Moff Gideon is standing in a room with what appears to be, uh, dark troopers? Yes. And if they are dark troopers, are they the robotic dark troopers that wield red lightsabers or are they the kind where they're trying to give, Regular people force powers by injecting them with force sensitive blood. So that's what I'm thinking it is. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it very well could be. It's they the the dark troopers don't seem like either there's anybody in the suits or if they are the robotic ones that they've been activated because they're all kind of standing in the alcoves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's it's an interesting idea of if Moff Gideon's end plan is to resurrect um the emperor is he expecting like to take darth vader's place like there's still all that As gray the area yeah yeah like like hey look at what i've done in your absence i've got the dark saber i've made all these these things like with a, it's it's a weird place to be in because they are so guarded with the story and like where do you go from here and i mean obviously you have two people writing the show that know the lore and have a a, a set um destination to get to it's just that star wars thing of like we're going to keep everything under wraps so that you have no idea Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, the visual effects in this show really rival anything that you've seen in, in motion pictures. Oh yeah. They have gotten to the point like last, last week when they were pulling the razor crest out of the ocean the wa- mm-hmm. and the water comes shooting out of the, the engines. Like, I don't know if people realize how difficult water simulation is. Right. To get it to look correct and scale correctly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's industrial light and magic. And Star Wars is their thing. But they're also working within a budget. Right. And I don't feel like they're just saying, we'll make it look great because it's Star Wars. They're still having to keep within a budget. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the the people that are working on it love this show to the point where they're making things look amazing for this. The the there was a little bit of it in the trailer, but the shots of the um, the biker scouts coming off of the base mm-hmm. and down into the ravine, and then two of them crashing into each other, like. It just looks fantastic from a visual effects standpoint. And being that 99% of that chase was done in visual effects, you know, I, although, okay, on the flip side, they did have their coffee cup moment in this episode. <laughs> now, did you actually catch it during the, the episode? I did not. <clears throat> did you go back and look for it? Oh, of course. It's really fast. The yes. sh- the shot where it happens, maybe a second long, if that. It's it's an extremely fast shot, and you're only going to see it if you know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a guy that's standing off to the side, um, with a with a watch on and like blue jeans and a t-shirt. Yep. Who's obviously not supposed to be there. Um, (laughs) 
and who knows whether they thought he was at a camera range or it might have been one of those things of we'll fix that later. Don't worry about it. And then they never did. Mm-hmm. Um, or somebody in the editing bay said it goes by so quick. Nobody's going to catch it. Sure. And of course, people go frame by frame in this looking for that thing, looking for, for stuff like that. So, yep. yeah. Funny nonetheless. Yeah. Yep. And I almost wanted to tweet at Carl Weathers and say, you know, great episode. You did a really good job at directing. Almost makes up for the fact you wanted to wanted me to pay you 300 bucks for an autograph on a piece of Beskar. <laughs> but I didn't. I was like, you know what? I'll let him have his his day. Because apparently he was he was actually interacting with every Star Wars fan on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Anybody who who made a comment, he actually wrote back to if if like he was tagged in it or whatever. Well, that's sweet. So I mean, good on him for doing that. Yeah. I just you know, I I just can't <laughs> you know. But how much is that? If that is him, and how much is his management? The $300 thing? Yeah. I don't know, because he, he when I saw him on the floor of that convention, and later that the next day when I saw him in the, in the catering area, he was mm-hmm. by himself. Okay. So it's not like he had somebody st- like that was with him that, like... That was just his price. So I will tell you from experience Uh that um, Billy D. Williams' manager is kind of a dick. Okay. Um, There was a time when I worked with him, Uh and um, he— he changed Billy D's hotel reservation so that he himself could stay in a better hotel <laughs> after Billy, after Billy had left. Okay. So you, it may not be the, it may not be the celebrity. Okay. I mean, but it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing of like, if you want a picture signed it's 60 bucks. If, sure. if you want anything three-dimensional signed, it's 300. I mean, that was... And I think, unfortunately, that's because that's what people are getting on eBay. So if people would stop buying crap on eBay, <laughs> you know, you would see a difference. Yeah. You know, these, these no-name celebrities who are getting way too much money for, you know, an autograph... And you're like, huh? You know, this is you're you're the guy who played Stewart on Big Bang Theory, and you want fifty bucks? Really? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, they're looking at it, going, you know, Stephen Amell, hey, this is a cash cow. I never have to work again. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's that's always like I never agreed with the whole idea of like. Um, if you want me to take a picture at my table with right. your camera, it's going to cost you 50 bucks mm-hmm. like that kind of shit. I mean, there's a time to be a person and there's a time to make money. Well, Sometimes... apparently that's the time to make money. And look, I get like Carl Weathers 
when he was at that convention at his um, Q&A said that he had just come from the Mandalorian set, which Mm -hmm. means he was filming that particular episode and directing. Sure. Um, And I get that people are there and they're bringing him boxing gloves and they're doing things where, um, you know, Apollo Creed is his biggest role and, you know, I understand his names on boxing gloves probably brings a hefty price, mm-hmm. but like, I got this little Beskar thing. Like, I guess it's the same, the, the, it's the same thing of like, there should be a way to let the person know you're not out to just sell his signature. You know, when, when I had, when I had the, um, the blaster from last Starfighter Starfighter signed by Nick mm-hmm. Castle, the dude in front of me had him sign like eight or nine Michael Myers masks. Mm-hmm. You know, all he's doing is selling those. When somebody comes up with something that's personal and like, Hey, I made this, this is going to go in my collection. That should be a conversation that happens and be like, okay, like, I know you're not going to run off and sell it. Yeah. But who's to say that you haven't given 15 of those to your closest friends and given them the money to get an autograph so that you can sell them online. I don't know. Because because right now, right. I don't know because I remember, I know that there is cause I've collected autographs for 40 years. Yeah. That there are celebrities who will refuse to sign something because they can tell the person is making money off of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now there's a pair of car signed boxing glove, one glove for $700. <laughs> now, if you want a Sylvester Stallone signed glove, that's about thirteen hundred. So there are pieces of Beskar signed by Pedro Pascal that are going for a thousand dollars. But those are those are actually made of like steel, I think. Yeah, but still, a thousand dollars. I. It's a ripoff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's a, you know, it's a $300 signature plus your 40 bucks a day to get in, plus your parking, plus your meals, plus you're not doing anything but standing in line all day. That's how it becomes, you know, $700. Yeah. But it's only worth $700 if somebody's willing to pay for it. Well, and that's just it. So they, they're going by trying to see if they can price themselves out. Right. What's the most I can get for this so that I'm not spending, you know, 50 hours in line. But I mean, there's definitely a way to tell a fan from one of these people. Not always. You don't think so? No. Okay. Um, they they all look like nerds. Uh, on Facebook, I'm part of the um, Star Wars autograph universe. Yeah, which is like kind of the premier autograph collecting resource agency 
whatever. And, you know, these guys have been experts on Pawn Stars and um, shit like that. But unless you see them, you know, a dozen or more times and go, oh, and you've got a folder full of my photos and, you know, you don't want it. You don't want a personalization. Right. You know, so that when you do get a celebrity, you know, like a Harrison Ford agrees to do a signing, it's going to be five hundred, six hundred dollars. Right. Because you can turn around and sell that for a thousand. It does suck, though. Well, it does. It does. And the other thing that sucks, because yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is that people have such shitty handwriting now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That it's like, why am I paying for a scribble? That's, yeah. Something that doesn't even look mm. like your signature. Like, currently, Natalie Portman wrote a children's book. Okay. And you can purchase online signed copies of the book in which she has signed Natalie Porsche <laughs> consistently. So that's how she's signing her name these days. Natalie Porsche. <laughs> I mean, okay, to be fair, my signature, my last name does not look like Hainer in my signature. It looks like H-A-Y line. And that's, that's fine. That's just I'm the way that I. I'm not you eighty dollars for your signature. I, I know, but if if something was to happen where people were paying me for my signature, they would say the same thing. They would say, "What is that?" Well, I think that's when you have to buckle down and learn how to write your fucking name. <laughs> <laughs> Simple, but that's it's all it is. It, they want my signature. That's my signature. It's like the George Lucas signature. It's like a G and a check mark. <laughs> and this is worth how much? Yeah, well. Like my dog could do that. Kevin Smith is like that too. Cuz I have a thing signed by him and it's not. Yeah. It's a K and an S and a mm -hmm. line. And it's like, okay, whatever. I mean, but on the other hand too, like there are times like Natalie Portman on her schedule might have it might have had a thing that said for six hours, you're going to this place and you're going to be signing these books mm -hmm. and walk I'm in. Sure that's exactly what it is. And there's boxes and boxes of books that you mm -hmm. have to get through. And it's, it's two people, one sliding a book, opening the book and sliding it in front of her, her signing her name, and then them pushing it off to the next person, then packing it into a box. That's exactly what it is. So at the end of the six hours, Nat Port is going to be exactly what you get. Because, it's going to be the best you freaking get. Yeah, because she signed a couple of thousand books. Yeah. So I don't know. It still sucks. Yeah, I know. I, I want to look at the signature and go, oh, <laughs> that's who this is. Yeah. Probably. I have not had the experience where I've been getting an autograph in... in in uh, person and I've slipped it back out. Yeah. Could you make this legible? <laughs> I just paid you 50 bucks. Come on. Oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. Uh. But it is a shitty thing and it's just the way the world is. I mean, look at everything else, you know, look at the people who go and make friends with the stalkers at Walmart so they can buy all the new Funko figures and put them on eBay. Or Star Wars figures or Transformers or any of that stuff. Yeah. 
you know, the world is full of assholes looking to make a buck. (laughs) How do you think Donald Trump got started? (laughs) Please, Trump the board game. (laughs) Yeah, well. Trump stakes. Trump University. Yeah, failure, failure, failure. (laughs) Uh, You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Hopefully. Um, So... Yeah, going back to Mandalorian, I um I did watch a video this week that that dove more into the what supposedly happened with Pedro Pascal. Oh, okay. Um do tell. There was so in this in this episode of The Mandalorian, they show the Mandalorian eating soup and lifting uh-huh. up his And he lifts his helmet. Helmet yep. to do it. Um, there were pictures that surfaced on Instagram with, uh, Horatio Sands on set and Pedro Pascal being in the outfit. So he's, I guess he's been more involved with being on set in costume than the first season. Okay. Um, now this video that I watched said, take this with a grain of salt, but it came from somebody that was on set. Um, this particular person doesn't like the guy who made the video doesn't necessarily like Pedro because of Pedro's politics. Um, because he is of Latin descent and doesn't like Trump because of the way that he's treated people of Latin descent. Um, so Pedro has been very vocal about it on on um, Instagram and the guy who made the video didn't like that and seems to point out the fact that um, Gina Carano seems Mm -hmm. to like everything that Pedro does on Instagram, except for his political feelings, which makes him think that she's a Republican, which could very well be. She's never said anything, so I can't really comment on that. Yeah. But the the gist of the story that he tells in this video is that um Pedro was told when he got this part that the Mandalorian never takes off his helmet. And that um that was the way this particular Mandalorian was and that's the way all Mandalorians were. And when they got to the script that had Bo-Katan in it, And suddenly they were talking about how the Mandalorian belonged to a uh, group of religious zealots that it started to bother Pedro that as an actor, he can't express himself through anything but his voice. If other people playing Mandalorians could do it with taking their helmets off. And he began to get more vocal about it. And the thing that made him snap, according to this particular video, was that um, whoever the toy representative was, is it Hasbro that's doing it now? That's doing Star Wars toys? Brought the season two action figures. And there's supposedly going to be one where you can remove the Mandalorian's helmet. Yes, they've been doing that on a few figures now. And... Pedro Pascal took off the helmet and he, according to this, was very upset because it looked nothing like him. 
<laughs> in the in the day and age of sculpts that are scanned from people mm-hmm. that you can get an action figure to look just like somebody. The fact that the Cara Dune and the Grief Karga and all the face people looked mm-hmm. exactly like them and right. that his didn't is what sent him into a fury and had oh. them say, maybe you should take some time and go home. Okay. That will get Brandon Wayne to step in for you and you can come back and do the voice. Now, whether that's all true, I don't yep. know. It sounds plausible. It does. I mean, look, if I waited all that time to get my own action figure and then it didn't look like me, I can't say I'd probably be happy about it. Yeah. You know, whether or not that forced him off the set, though, I don't know. Well, fragile egos. You don't know what really goes through their heads. I know. And actors are, are very fragile people at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether or not that he's been very vocal about his support of the show on Instagram. And I don't know whether or not that's contracts or whatever, but he doesn't have to, uh, like, I don't really see him having to like promote the show other than liking things that Star Wars, the, the official Star Wars Instagram puts up. But he's constantly okay. putting his own stuff up there about the people he's worked with and the his time on set. So, okay. again, I don't know if this is somebody who doesn't like his politics that is trying to make him look petty or whether mm. it, it could have some bearing in reality. But, um, again, he seems in his interviews like a stand-up guy and... While I can see this being an issue and maybe a problem, I don't know whether or not he would walk away from Star Wars over it. Okay. Other than being like, you guys got to do something better for this. So I don't know. But I did think it was an interesting, an interesting story. Because I believe you and I have both been in the presence of famous people. Greatness? when They've flip their shit over stupid things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see egos coming into play and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe that mixture of seeing these, these actors being able to take their helmets off and express themselves. And then the toy thing just made it just unbearable for him or whatever. But, Mm-hmm. I can also see that being used as a way to discredit him because people don't like who he votes for. Well, yeah. Cause we are in that day and age of fucking pettiness. So, and if, if, uh, Gina Carano is, is a Republican and she voted for Trump or whatever, she's not making it public. And sure. She's keeping it out of her work. Yeah. Which is how it should be. Well, but I also see Pedro's side of it, too. Yeah. He's living in a country where, dude, the the president of the United States doesn't like brown people of any shade. Right. And has called people that 
Pedro is friends with from Mexico, murderers and rapists and killers. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I understand being happy that he's not in there anymore. And the, the video in question that this person was talking about is, um, I guess it was Biden at a speech where he takes out his phone and plays something, but they overdubbed the song about, you know, get the fuck out or whatever. Oh, and the lit, the literal thing on Pedro's post was it's because I'm fucking petty. And so I don't know if he's been called out on it or whatever, but it's a sense of relief for a lot of people. So, Hmm. well, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I can kind of see both sides. I mean, there was that, there was a, there was a whole thing. Um, I read about, um, Oh, what's his name? Kurt Russell. Mm -hmm. Where he was basically like, you got to keep your politics to yourself because it hurts your, your career or whatever. Whether I would, I definitely agree with that. And I, I do understand that, but I also understand as, somebody who has family on the Latino side, Mm -hmm. that was a great sense of relief when Biden was called president. Oh, sure. So I don't know. Did you ever hear the theory speaking, Kurt Russell, that one of the last things that Walt Disney ever wrote was Kurt Russell's name on Walt Disney's desk, Uh which was found after he had passed away Uh was a notepad. And on the notepad were the names of several young actors. Oh, okay. One of them being Kurt Russell. Okay. But it is a great legend. Okay. I uh, there was there was some article that I read about the last words of famous people, mm-hmm. and it was like Elvis is, is like I'm going to go to the bathroom and read, and <laughs> you know stuff like that. And Sally Ride, what's this button do? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Um, and one, the one for Walt Disney was that the, one of the last things he ever wrote was Kurt Russell's name. Yeah. And on the note, they, on, they said on the notepad, it was a title of a movie and then Kurt Russell's name. So, and I guess they've, they've talked to Kurt Russell about it. I guess James Gunn asked him on the set of Gar- guardians of the galaxy too, if there was any truth to that. And Kurt said he had been shown the notepad that, you know, being a Disney kid, I guess Walt liked working with him Mm -hmm. and that it was something that I guess he had wanted to talk to Kurt Russell about and wrote his name down as a reminder. Um, But Kurt's Kurt loves to tell that story of like, yeah, I was the last thing that, that he wrote about. Right. Well, apparently, so the notepad read Ron Miller, uh-huh. who was his son-in-law dash two way down cellar. And then it said to Kurt K I R T Russell. <laughs> and then three CIA dash Mobley. Okay. So that's what the notepad read. Okay. And I'm sure if you were ever lucky enough to get to see the, um, Walt's office, in um, Burbank, mm-hmm. which they would not let me into the bastards. <laughs> um, I think the pad is still there because it that the setup that's now in the Burbank studio used to be at the Disney Hollywood studios as part of one man's dream. Oh, okay. 
And I believe it was there at the time. The notepad? The notepad. Huh. Yep. Okay. That's interesting. But yeah, it's a great story. It's just not when, when you think of Walt Disney being considered like the visionary that he was, mm-hmm. that one of the last things to he ever wrote was Kurt Russell's name and not correctly, apparently. <laughs> so is that a different office than the one that's at Disneyland? It is not at Disneyland. It is at the Disney Studios. Okay. Where, okay, so refresh my memory. Where did they find the snow globe from? Um, Allegedly, it was in a closet on the studio grounds. Okay. Like a janitor's closet. Somebody had picked it up and said, oh, that's kind of cool. I picked it out of the trash. Oh, okay. Because didn't I see something where it was on his piano in one of his offices or something? Um, I don't know. Because there was that show on Disney that we had talked about, about all the Disney relics. Yep. Where they showed the snow globe for Mary Poppins. And then we watched something else where they were talking about Mary Poppins and they were in one of Walt's offices uh, wherever there was a piano, I guess it was at the studios Mm -hmm. and sitting on the desk was that snow globe or sitting on the piano top was that snow globe. And Uh, we were like, Oh, okay. There's that, that synergy thing happening now, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I don't either, but I'm looking at a photo of his office from the Disney archives and you can see the piano across from it. Okay. And it is not on the desktop. Okay. I don't know. Um, Now I wonder if it was on the, well, I don't know. I mean, did it get moved there after the fact? Well, that's what I don't remember. I mean, I want to say that what I'm thinking about was they did the they did the show on Disney. And then they did um there was like a traveling exhibit or something. And everything that was on the yes. show winds yes. up in the traveling exhibit. Yes. But there was something that I watched that they were talking about Mary Poppins and the writing of the songs. Uh-huh. Were you watching Saving Mr. Banks? No. No, okay. I've actually never seen Saving Mr. Banks. Okay. And, but they were talking about the piano and the, the, the piano in the office and they were in his office wherever it was in present day. And they brought the guy who wrote the songs to sit at the piano because that's where he wrote the songs for the movie. Mm -hmm. And he was playing the songs and 
above him up on top of the, the piano was that snow globe. And they make a point of pointing it out and saying, Oh, here's a snow globe from the movie. So I don't, I don't remember what I was watching. Hmm. I don't know, but it sounds like they may have put it there for that specific whatever they reason. Did. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because there is a lot of crap in his office. Well. But I don't see, the, I mean, there's there's bronze baby shoes on the <laughs> desk. I mean, he was a father, so I'll give that to him. Yeah, I mean, there's a close-up of the piano, and it's got a mousker and a statue of the Little Mermaid, the one that's in Copenhagen, and some family pictures okay. and some sheet music. Okay. But who's to say they didn't take it and put it on top of the piano, you know, for a photo op? Right. Oh, I see that picture you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So that's not something that you can tour, like the Walt Disney's office? You can only do it through... um, Paying a lot of money. Even though there was a tour leaving the room as I was there, (laughs) and my friend Susie, who's really good at persuading people, (laughs) was trying to get them to let me go in. Didn't happen. Oh. Bastards. Oh, poor John. I mean, it's not like they would have let me sit behind the desk, so screw that. Right. You just wanted to go in and see it. Yeah. We're going to put this as a, as a permanent display, but you can't go see it. Well, what good is it then? Well, you, the archives kind of auctions it off every so often. And then um, we even went to the archives to kind of see if they would, you know, let <laughs> us in because they're the ones who apparently control it. And they're like, no, there's just no way. And it's like, really? Come on. <laughs> Come on. I was Walt's last words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the notepad. Mm-hmm. So what's it at Disneyland is his apartment. He has an apartment right? above the fire station. Okay. Yes. Well, and there is. Was, a, was a that like lamp. an office for him or was it like a literal place? No, to like it was, sleep? it was like a little place to hang out when he was in the park. Cause he spent a lot of time in the park. Okay. Unlike any of the most recent. <laughs> executives yeah well oh okay i see pictures of it now yeah it's very red it is yeah the office the apartment oh it's very old-fashioned yes very and there's a a table in front of the window that has a lamp on it and it used to be that when walt was in in the park the lamp was lit oh okay However, that's not the case. I mean, now the lamp is always lit just as kind of a tribute. Because he's frozen underneath the park. That's right. (laughs) But just his head. He's a waltzicle. (laughs) Ah, memories. Yes. We did try to find his head, but we could not find it. (laughs) Is that what you asked in the archive before you asked about going into the office? Is that why they wouldn't let you in? Uh, No. (laughs) Where's the head? Okay, you're done. 
Get out. No. <laughs> Oh. All right. You got anything else for this week? Uh, no. No? We'll save it for next week. Well, are we going to do a show next week? Because you're not going to well, be Well, the around. week after. Week after. The week after. Okay. So there there will be no show next week, just so everybody that knows. That we know of. Yeah. There might be. Yeah? Yeah, we don't know. Okay. We'll see. There, there might be a surprise. Who knows? That's right. Whatever. If, Stay tuned. If not, it'll be the week after. Mm-hmm. Um, so have a good Thanksgiving. Have fun getting in a, in a diseased plane. Yeah. Don't breathe too deep. <sighs> yeah. Make sure you wash my, your hands. My Darth Vader impression. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole package of uh, handy wipes. There you go. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Mask up. <laughs> <laughs>